Hey winner, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am so glad you're with us today. I do wanna encourage you, if you weren't with us on Tuesday, go back and listen to that episode because today is the second part of my interview with 2020 Boston Marathon qualifier, Wendy Braithwaite. She has such a powerful story and I just couldn't end our conversation at an hour because we had so much to talk about. So I decided to split the interview into two parts so that they're more easily digestible. Haven't listened to the first part of this chat, then I encourage you to go back to it because on it she shares her story and how she overcame many struggles to hit her goal of a Boston Marathon qualification. She shares her heart and she leaves it all out there for us. It wasn't until after Wendy Braithwaite moved to Ottawa, Canada that she started her running career. In 2012, the federal government was undergoing workforce adjustment and she was counseling employees who had lost their jobs. The stress of the situation was really overwhelming for her and she started running to have an outlet to get out all the emotions from the day. That's how her journey began. 2013, she ran her first half marathon. And in 2015, she ran her first marathon. And in 2017, she ran her first 50K ultra. Now fast forward to today, she has completed 13 half marathons, 10 marathons, one ultra, and one Boston Marathon virtual experience. Road to Boston started the day she crossed the finish line of her first marathon just over five years ago. She just missed the qualification by 37 seconds. And that's when she knew that she had it in her and it kind of lit a fire within her that kind of brought her to where she is today, an overcomer. The most impressive part is that she doesn't let her MS keep her from doing what she loves and she uses it as fuel to keep fighting. Are you ready to dive into the lessons she's learned and the mindset that helped lead her to a Boston Marathon qualification and a personal best time at the virtual Boston race? Let's continue this conversation. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox, and through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me, because I know you will come out stronger. I would love to actually, so I want to, I want to take us back a little bit and talk through some of these um, struggles that you had. And I think, mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, um, you know, injury in a marathon. So you find out at afterward, you don't get to finish the marathon. You find out you break your heel. And um, what was that recovery like? Because a foot injury isn't an easy recovery, especially when you really can't be running on your foot. Um, did did that hurt you mentally? Um, what what struggles did you have in that season of recovery? Uh, it was hard because I I'm used to being very active. Most of the people who know me know that I don't stop. I, I, I'm not good at being idle. Uh, and I can remember sitting down with my foot up in the boot, watching TV, thinking this is where it's at. Like 
everybody else was training for their fall races. Everybody else was, you know, so it was hard seeing um, sort of everyone else moving on with life and, and you're stuck there. But, you know, a, a lot of the people I know um, in, in my run community, they face similar things. You know, we've had our fair share of breaks and strains and injuries. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's just part of what, you know, you sign up for being a marathoner. Sometimes you're going to be injured. Sometimes you're not. Um, the recovery side of things were was hard because when you're not training to the level you used to train, but you're eating at the level that you normally eat at, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a storm to, you know, add some weight. So I gained, I think like 10 pounds, um, that year in total. Um, so that wasn't fantastic. And, and I've never, you know, been, been overweight per se. Um, but you know, an extra 10 pounds when you're, when you're training, you know, it's, it's like carrying a, a bag of potatoes up and down stairs every time it, it's, it's, it's there. Um, I also had some residual pain, even after um, the boot came off, even after I was cleared to run again. Um, I, I had also an MCL um, strain when I came back because I, I came back too much too soon. Um, so I got out of the boot in mid-August, mid to late August, and I had the Athen marathons in the first week of November. So I really only had September, October to train. So of course I'm just going to jump into, you know, week, whatever. <laughs> Not a good idea. Um, so, I, so I dealt with an MCL strain, which sidelined me for a few weeks. Um, and I had a lot of residual pain in, in the site of the break um, where it had me second guessing whether it was fully healed, um, whether it was phantom pains or, or what, I don't know. Apparently it is fairly common. Um, it eventually went away. Uh, and ironically it came back in the last couple of months. So I was, I was sort of worried that, uh Oh, um, but it's, it's just something that I've learned to live with that I know it's nothing and it's, it's perfectly healed, but mentally it was hard. I think the hardest day that I faced was the day of the 50 kilometer ultra, um, that I was supposed to run. Uh, and I remember sitting in the emergency department <laughs> and I asked the doctor, so like, do you think I could run like an ultra in a couple weeks because I've, I've never broken like I, how long do these things take to heal and he looked at me like I was crazy but only a runner would say so okay how bad is it like can, can I run this ultra in three weeks um clearly no <laughs> um so so sitting that one out and and watching everybody get ready that morning uh in the house was hard um you know sort of piggybacking the the water stops where I could see everybody to cheer them on and then seeing them finish that was a hard day not insurmountable but it was it was hard um it, it's hard when you go to a race that you're registered for and can't run it mm -hmm. um and I I was I was supposed to do wine glass that fall and you know when you're only four weeks out of a cast 
So wine glass uh, in 2017 didn't happen. Uh, sorry, 2016 didn't happen. Um, so you just pick yourself off, dust yourself off and move on. And, and I tried not to let it get me down. And when I was fully healed after pretty much after Athens, um, I really took a little bit of time off before I restarted training. I broke my ankle in 2018. I slipped on black ice right after I qualified for Boston. Um, and so for me, I actually still deal with those phantom pains as well. Just like you were talking about where every once in a while you'll feel those pains and you're like, is this really pain or is it not? Or, you know, but you know that you're okay and that it's not, you're not, you know, and whatnot. And so, but I mean, it's been, it's a mindset struggle because you really have to learn how to be mentally tough and how to like fight through those emotions because you're thinking sometimes you think like and maybe you haven't thought this but maybe you have just maybe I just don't have what it takes anymore like maybe I should just change my goals and make them less because I just I don't think my foot's going to handle it or whatever it is and those are mental setbacks um and I know you talked a little bit about having some mental barriers and whatnot. And I wanted to see if you could just share a little of what, what were those barriers? Were they having to do with, um, your Mm -hmm. injury? Were they having to do with, um, MS and your struggles through that? And how did you learn to break them? Okay. That's a a great question. And I would probably say that overcoming or, and I, I wouldn't even say overcoming it because it's, it's an ongoing, it's something that I will deal with for the rest of my racing career. Um, so I would say anxiety and performance anxiety probably is, is my biggest mental barrier. Um, the desire and the want to do well and marrying that with the ability to execute it. Um, one of the things that I had done in my first marathon is I had read up on every single article that I could find or that I could Google on, on mental preparedness, mental readiness. So I I read a ton on the mental side of it. Um, In between the sort of seven marathons in between, I, I hadn't really trained mentally the way in retrospect, I think I should have, um, I get terrible anxiety leading up to race day. Um, the, the longest it's been was 10 days out. The, the shortest I think was actually the Boston virtual where I didn't really start getting that race anxiety till about four days out. So clearly I was doing better in that respect, or maybe because it was virtual and there was nothing on the line really. Um, but because I had trained what I felt was really hard, I expected my performance to match. And I, I would hit a wall at a certain point and, and I would get down on myself and then I would just let everything go. And, and it was learning to overcome that when things get hard, you don't get to give up, you get to keep going. Um, and I, I truly credit my my pace bunny, Tony, I'll give him a ton of credit because when you're following somebody, it's a lot easier to just lock in and go. Um, it's another thing to to be able to maintain that though. Like it's, it's easier said than done to say, okay, you're just gonna lock in and go because when your legs get tired and your lungs get winded, it's, it's hard. Um, 
but deal, dealing with the 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 mental side of of the ups and downs of my my illness is also one of the the hardest things that I've struggled with because when I hit a rough patch um you think that you're never going to get better and that maybe this is it maybe this is maybe this is the end of my running career because maybe I just won't come out the other side of this relapse. And that's, that's hard mentally to deal with because when, when you look at me, I don't look sick. I don't look like somebody who has a debilitating illness. I don't look like somebody who has, you know, MS, you know, and I remember when I was first diagnosed, a, a close family member said, well, isn't that what like Annette Funicello has and she's in a wheelchair. So that stuck with me that, you know, am I supposed to be in a wheelchair? Uh, I don't ever want to be in a wheelchair. I don't want to be a burden to anybody. So dealing with the mental um, side of of being sick and being in the moment uh, has been a a roller coaster, truly. Um, But the, the performance side of things, I find that I have done best and I've had my best performance when I'm in that locked and loaded mode, when I'm mentally fierce, for lack of a better word, and and I'm and I'm not willing to say no to myself. And and I came very close to a to a, a BQ um, in 2017 and what I call my redemption year um, at Wine Glass. But I tripped and fell at uh, like 26 kilometers. Um, and I remember just two guys picking me up and tossing me and, and, and I just kept going. But the pain and the adrenaline from the fall, because it was a hard fall. Um, again, it was, you know, I have dropped feet. I was getting tired. My toe hit the pavement. And anybody who's run wine glass, uh knows that the terrain in certain parts is you know sketchy at best um so right after the train tracks hit the pavement and uh and that took away my mental focus um i think i was on track for a, a 348 that day and i just i lost the mental acuity that i needed to be sharp and to 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 maintain that that pace and I just let it go. I let my dreams go and, and I've very much tried to work on the the mental side of things is, you know, racing is hard. And especially when you want to do well and, and, you know, so many of my friends knew that pretty much every race that was an A race, there was one goal, you know, like the fun runs, uh, we did MCM last year, um, which was, it was a fun run. It was two weeks after another marathon. It was, it was fun. So it wasn't meant to be competitive. Um, and the monsoon of last year uh, didn't, didn't help matters. Um, but really focusing on those A races and, and in my training of keeping your eye on the prize and reminding yourself why you're doing it and why you're pushing yourself and that no matter how tired I was, no matter how crappy I felt, no matter how stiff my legs were or, or how busy work was, because, you know, I still have a family to balance. I still had a very demanding job. 
um, that it just, you have to really dial in your mental focus on race day. Um, and it's, it race day is really just the, the culmination of dealing with that through your entire, entire cycle. So for your 16 or 18 or however many weeks that you're, you're focused on, on the training, you, you have to show up and be there every single day and, and really put the, the negative side out of your mind. And one of the, the, key things that really struck me. Um, I had the the fantastic privilege of meeting Catherine Switzer um, last year at the Toronto Marathon. And, and I remember just being a, a sobby mess meeting her because I was still, that was pre-BQ, that was pre-qualifying. you know qualifying. And she said, don't worry, you will get there. She said, put your mind to it, be fearless and and go for it. And, and that fearless mentality stuck with me for quite a bit. And, and in, in racing, I, um, I've found that I've had the best success when I have stuck with certain mantras and my first marathon, um, was, uh, I found inspiration in Terry Fox and Terry Fox is a Canadian hero who, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's, he was an amputee who was running across Canada, so coast to coast, to raise money for, for cancer awareness and, and the cancer uh, cause. And he, he lost his battle with cancer halfway through. And, and I just remember in that first marathon thinking, if Terry Fox could do it, show up every day with, with one leg and a prosthetic leg, then I can surely do this for 42 kilometers once. So I re I just kept repeating that. I kept repeating that. And then in in my my qualifying race for Boston, it was the same thing is is I was using my dad as inspiration of, you know, he would want you to do this. He wants you to push, you know, and, and I sort of felt that that presence. And uh, there was at one point in uh, in that particular marathon where I felt like he was with me and there was um it wasn't leaves, but it was some sort of, um, it was the fall. So there was things falling from trees. So it was, I don't know what it was, but I just felt this presence that he was there. And, and to this day and all summer when I trained, when I saw this sort of, it was, and it wasn't leaves, it was more just like tree piece. I don't know what, I can't even describe it. I just have this sense that he's with me. So overcoming the mental side of loss of injury of is really just about focusing in on your goal and not saying it's too hard because everything in life is hard. I mean, COVID is hard. Training is hard. Injury is hard. Dealing with kids is hard. But you have to, I think, I really think you have to decide for yourself, what do you want? Do you want it bad enough to go after it? And, and if you go after it, are you going after it with all your heart? Or are you, are you phoning it in? And I, I think sometimes people have to be really honest with themselves to say, did I really train as hard as I could? Or did I really push as hard as I could? And sometimes the answer is yes, but sometimes the answer is no, I, I didn't. And I skipped a lot of runs or maybe I, 
I don't know. It, it, I, even I have a ton of excuses and, and heck, I mean, I've got a laundry list of days where I didn't perform the way I wanted and I had trained my butt off, but it was because the mental got to me when it mattered most. Yeah. And the days that I did my best are the days where I was razor sharp mentally. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's important because you, they, mindset or mentality is like a muscle. You really have to work it every day. And just because you overcame one thing doesn't mean that thing isn't going to come up again and you're going to have to overcome it again. And mm -hmm. so really it's like, mm -hmm. it's just as important as the physical work in training that mentality and learning how, what works for you to push through and, and also knowing when to push and when it's time to not push. And sometimes that's hard for us too, as runners, mm -hmm. when we're in a training plan and our training plan says a certain thing, but our body says, you really need to not push it today. And most of the time runners, we're going to push it. And then it puts us into either injury or sets us back even further. Cause then we just, if we didn't listen, then there's something else. That's, there's going to be a different consequence. Right. And so it's the mentality is just, mm -hmm. it's huge. It's huge. And, and, and the physical, yeah. I think you're right when it comes to, um, I'm like, just, I just want to run. That's all I want to do. I don't want to do the training. I don't want to do the lifting. Um, because a lot of runners are like that. We don't, we just get enjoyment out of it. That's why we do yeah. it. But the physical training, like the physical lifting and strength is important. And I think you found that especially true this year going into the virtual, um, and I don't know, has that been a barrier for you? Is that something also that helps you um, with your MS? Do they say that strength is something that will help you in the long run? Yeah, um, I, I would say, I don't think it's been a barrier for me. And I remember um, sort of early on in my, I'm interested in fitness uh, world, um, I didn't enjoy lifting. I, I, I liked the cardio because I could keep up, but weightlifting, I hated. Um, and it really has been this year where I've seen such progress and gains that I kind of prefer lifting over cardio. And if I had a choice, you know, if I had to say, okay, you can either go lift for a bit or you can go for a run. Now that I'm kind of not training for anything at the moment, uh, I would pick lifting any day and every day pretty much um i i try not to again though i try not to get that in my brain because i don't want that to become my okay well you don't have to run today because you know go, go lift instead no you can lift and you can run right. um so the certainly exercise is very much um encouraged um to help because MS is a neurological disease. So what happens is, and everybody is different, um, but the the brain short circuits for lack of a better word, and it doesn't send the message to fire a certain muscle. So if you're not using your muscles, I mean, and, and with healthy people too, they're gonna degrade and, and they won't be as strong. So for me, it's kind of double duty of, you know, the, I know there are certain things that don't fire right for me. So for example, my right side doesn't fire correctly. It's, it's always been that way since the beginning. Um, so I know that 
and I can feel it when I run that my right side is weaker. I can feel it when I lift my right side is weaker. So I really have to, to be conscious and, and really put in that extra effort to, to maintain the strength so that even when my running career is over or when I decide I'm, I'm done with running or racing or training, um, because every time I finish a marathon, I say, I'm done. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. And then somebody else says, ooh, there's a marathon in Washington or there's a marathon in, you know, insert destination here. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, this time, though, I say, I'm not done. I am not going to be done marathoning until I cross the finish line in Boston, period. So I will keep running. I will keep racing. I will keep qualifying until I finish and cross on Boylston Street. Um, so yeah, the, the the physical side of it is very important. Um, yeah, but it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it is hard. Um, and you know, thinking about Boston and how much of a it's just, it's just such a special race and not everyone, a lot of people think that they want to qualify for it, but not everyone puts in the work and does it long enough to actually qualify. And so it is really special. It's historic. It's, um, you know, you, you have to qualify to be there. That's one place. That's one race in the entire world that you have to qualify for. Um, so when it came to 2020 Boston, I mean, it, this would have been your first Boston uh, you had a really great virtual, but yeah. it's not the same as live. What would have made 2020 Boston Marathon your victory run? Just experiencing everything from from traveling to Boston, from you know picking up the race kit at the expo to you know, taking the bus out to the runner's village, because I mean, I've talked to so many people, I, you know, I'm part of how many, you know, Facebook groups that you, you know, what to expect, I think almost before you get there and that you can picture it. And, and I could see myself, um, at the start line, I could see myself maybe with muddy shoes or, you know, because you, you've heard so many stories. So it, it would have been that victory lap of all of the years, all of the desire, all of the hard work. Um, so not getting to do it was very disappointing. Um, but I can honestly say I was happy that they decided to cancel it because I wouldn't want to have had to make the choice between my health and and running a race that I loved. Um, that that would have been harder than the disappointment of it being virtual. The 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 moment they said virtual, I was okay with that um, because the the medication that I'm on um, stripped my immune system. So I have zero immune system, which is also why we we have no bubble. We have no like we don't see anybody because everything is is a risk right. for my health, and I can't take those risks. Yeah. Um, so it, it would have been the, the, the cherry on the Sunday. It would have been the, the finality of a dream come true. Um, I, I don't consider completing the Boston 
virtual experience as having done the Boston Marathon. I have not done the Boston Marathon. Uh, I don't count it in my marathon totals. It was it was a 42 kilometer run, but I I don't count it. I know a lot of people do, and I have nothing against them. But for me, it wasn't a race. I you know I am counting it as a PB because you know <laughs> uh, it was the distance and it was the time, so I'll I'll count that. But I don't I don't count it as marathon number 11. Yeah, but that's just me. Hey, I get it. And I'm, I'm not a virtual runner. I really hate virtual races, especially a marathon when you're doing it by yourself. Um, but, you know, I think there was something to be said. The BAA did a great job to treat us as well as they could and to give us an experience. And it's definitely not the same as live. I, but you can hear the fire in your voice. We, know, we all know, anyone listening knows you're going to get there. Um, whether it's 2021, fingers crossed, it happens in the fall. Um, and I, I was excited for it to be a fall race, to be honest. Um, I love the idea of it being on Patriots Day, but fall is more simple schedule for our family. So we could actually take our time and go and experience it. And fall colors, like everything in the fall just sounds lovely out that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, fingers crossed it happens. But if it doesn't happen in 2021, I definitely see you crossing that finish line because I mean, you have a no matter whatever it takes mentality. And I love that because you don't let something that you're labeled, you don't let a label keep you from doing what you love. And I love that. And I think that we all can learn from that because how many of us, we struggle with something little or we can make an excuse like, just any kind of excuse. It could be time. It could be whatever. Well, you could make a huge excuse if you wanted to, but you don't. You choose to fight and you choose to keep going every day. And I, I just think, I mean, that is just amazing and it's inspiring. And um, I hope the list, uh, everyone listening, I hope you're getting that. I, that it, it doesn't matter what your circumstances, we can overcome. Um, and I think just to wrap it up, I think the best way to wrap this up would be for you, if you'd be willing to share advice to um, those listening, maybe for those who are dealing with a physical or or a health challenge that might be hindering them from pursuing their passions, whether it's running or something else. Um, can you share some advice on how do we keep that passion alive and how do we keep going despite those circumstances? For sure. I think, first of all, um, believe in yourself. And, and probably some of the things that I'll say, I, I don't live myself because of the doubts that I have in myself. But I think you really have to believe in yourself. Um, I think you have to work for what you want and and be be okay with the fact that it's not all going to come fast. It's not going to call come at once. Um, you know, you may not move from a, a five hour marathon to a 345 in six months or a year that that you have to be okay with incremental improvements. Um, as I said, I think you have to be true to yourself. I think you you have to be be know who you are and be okay with who you are. I think a little challenge and a little fire in your belly is fantastic. And I'm very inner competitive. Like I want to best myself. I want to do a better training run than I had. Um, I think you have to be okay with your disappointments. It's not to say that you can't live it and experience it as a disappointment, um, but you have to be able to just dust yourself off and say, okay, next one. Um, and to listen to your body. And, and I, I, I don't always listen to my body, but I'm getting better 
at listening to my body and knowing that even though the schedule says today you have X number of, of miles, it's okay to say no, or it's okay to do something different if your body isn't feeling it. And, and I think that's probably one of the hardest things that a runner can overcome is, well, my schedule says I have to do this, so I have to do this. Well, if the weather is, is uncooperative, whether too hot, too cold, too rainy, too windy, you know, you, you have to cut yourself some slack that, that that's okay. I mean, if you're doing it every run, every week, okay, you're, you're not going to see the results, but if every now and then you need to just scale back to say, my body needs this today, or maybe I need an extra massage or, or whatever, um, that that's okay. Um, and I think the one of the, the key things is also is to really evaluate what is it that your problem was in the past? You know, what was really causing your performance to either not be what you wanted or to not be at the level you wanted? And really, really evaluate what was it. And sometimes there are external factors. Sometimes it's just it was too darn hot. Um, or anybody who ran MCM last year knows that it was torrential rains. So when you're faced with things that you have zero control over, sometimes those will impact. Um, but just being honest with yourself. Wendy, this was really, really fun. We had such a great chat. I just think listeners took a lot in. Um, it, this was so full of good advice and good tips and good lessons learned. And um, I just really appreciate you taking the time. I know we went a little bit longer than I normally do, but I needed to get all this in because it was good. So thank you for coming on, Wendy. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And if if I can be an inspiration for anybody, um, that's wonderful. Uh, I'm very humble myself. Um, but if you believe in yourself, and you put your mind to it and you put the work in, you can achieve anything. Love it. Do you see why I split this interview into two now? I didn't want to leave anything out. I hope you are inspired to dream big dreams and to go after them with all of your heart. Develop the thick skin and don't let that first obstacle take you out. No one is an overnight success. The ones who hit their goals are the ones who fail more than once. They just get up, brush themselves off and get going again and again and again until they make it happen. So make your goals happen. If you need help game planning for your goals or you need help developing the vision God is giving you, I may be your girl to help you out with that. I love coaching women as they pursue their passions and figure out where they feel like God is calling them next. I'm a visionary and I'm really good at breaking down larger dreams into tangible goals and stepping stones to make those dreams happen. So if you're interested in hearing more about how to work with me, head on over to www.redhotmindset.com slash contact. All things I pray, you just run your race. I believe in you. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. 
And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.